This morning, we're gonna talk about a man with the most infamous name, Doubting Thomas. Thomas was a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the apostles, and we read about his doubt and his skepticism after the resurrection in John chapter 20. The Gospel of John chapter 20, Thomas is the patron saint of anyone who's ever doubted before. Thomas hears about the resurrection, but doesn't want to just hear about it. He will not believe until he sees the resurrected Lord. And he is full of doubt and skepticism until he beholds his Lord face to face. The Gospel of John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. We believe here at Coral Ridge that this is the word of God. Every single word of it spoken to God through the Holy Spirit to us this morning. It is inerrant, it is infallible, and it is truth. We hear God speaking to us through his holy word here in the Gospel of John chapter 20. Beginning in verse 24, now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands and the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again. Thomas was with them and although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life. Did you hear that? By believing, you may have life in his name. And the grass withers, and the flower fades, but no, not the word of God. It stands forever. Amen. Have you ever missed a big event? Maybe a big sporting event. Go to the World Series, bottom of the ninth, and you just happen to go to the concession stand, walk off home run, maybe a 70-yard touchdown to end the game. Maybe it was a current event and throughout history that you just happened to miss. That was Thomas. Thomas missed the greatest event in the history of the world, the resurrection. But Jesus goes to great lengths. Over and over again, Jesus goes to great lengths to pursue Thomas because he doesn't want Thomas to miss the resurrection. I'm here this morning to tell you, I don't want you to miss the resurrection either. It is the greatest event in the history of the world. 
And I want to ask a very simple question this morning. What would cause Thomas to go from a doubter to a believer? But more importantly, what might cause you this morning to go from a doubter to a worshiper of God? Let's find out together as we study John chapter 20. What would cause Thomas to declare, my Lord and my God? The first thing I want to point out is the evidence of the resurrection. The evidence of the resurrection is key to turning Thomas from a skeptic to a believer. You see, it's Thomas that is wanting the the cold, hard facts. He he says, "I, I will not depend just on your testimony, but I want to see Jesus. I want I want to see the wounds and I want to see the scars. In fact, Thomas says, I actually want to put my hands on the scars. I want to put my hands on the wounds. And before you look down upon Thomas, we actually should be grateful. We should be grateful that the entire New Testament church was not founded on hearsay, but on eyewitness testimony. You see, the entire New Testament was written by individuals that had eyewitness testimony, that they were actually able to verify that they saw the risen Lord, that they saw the risen Jesus. And because of their eyewitness testimony, they were able to put down this testimony testimony into what is known as the New Testament. You see, we're not here celebrating something based on hearsay. We're not here just celebrating some fable or some story that has been passed along from generation to generation, but we are here celebrating something that eyewitnesses said we saw and we verified with our own eyes, and that's what Thomas is doing here. He understood the critical nature of the resurrection. Thomas understood, as we do today, that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, nothing else matters. He understands that Christianity rises or falls upon this cardinal truth that Jesus was dead, but then he was alive. And so Thomas said, I've got to see him. I've got to see him with my own eyes. This is the eyewitness testimony that founded the church. This is the eyewitness testimony that led men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write down and record the New Testament. Now you might be here this morning and say, but I don't believe the eyewitnesses. I believe the eyewitnesses got together and they, they came up with this, with this story. They came up with this big hoax. I want to challenge that theory and that assumption. Do you not think when Peter was being crucified upside down, if this was a hoax, the resurrection, he might have said, okay, okay, you got me. It was all a joke. It was all a very bad joke. What in the world would turn skeptics to believers, doubters to worshipers, and people that were at one time running for their lives, willing to lay down their lives for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's because they saw with their own eyes the resurrected Christ, and it changed everything. If you're here this morning and you have denied the reality and the veracity veracity of the resurrection, 
you have made a bad wager because the eyewitness testimony and the evidence is astounding. It is overwhelming. And I would challenge you to read this week the eyewitness accounts of the resurrection. You can start right at the beginning of the New Testament. It's a book called Matthew and work your way through the eyewitness testimony of the resurrection. I'm convinced that it actually might lead some of you to declare my Lord and my God. But it wasn't just the evidence. The second thing that convinced Thomas of the resurrection was the very scars of Jesus. Verse 27, Thomas finally has his chance. Remember, Thomas says, not unless I touch the wounds on his hands and place my hand on his side, will I believe? And so Jesus comes to him and says, okay, big boy, here's your shot. Touch my hands, touch my side. But do you notice what happened in verse 27? Thomas doesn't touch him. He doesn't need to. The only thing Thomas needs for his conversion to happen from a skeptic to a believer is to simply stand and look at the one who claimed to be the son of God standing there with scars on his hands and scars on his side. It's in this moment that Thomas is leveled by the unconditional sacrificial love of God. You notice, Thomas doesn't need to touch him. All he needs to, is to see Jesus with his wounds, to see Jesus with his scars, and it is enough to transform the greatest skeptic. And it's the one thing you need this morning, to know that your Jesus is one who stands with scars in his hands and scars on his side. That is the Jesus we worship this morning. And it's what separates Christianity from every other world religion because every other religion has a God that does the wounding. But it's Christianity that has a God with scars. It has a God who sent his son to be wounded for you and for me. And just for a moment, would you allow yourself to be leveled? Would you allow yourself to be overwhelmed with the sacrificial, unconditional, otherworldly love of Jesus Christ? Jesus says, see and come and behold that these scars, these wounds are for you. That is good news that Jesus was wounded, that Jesus was scarred, so that you and I, by faith alone in Jesus Christ, would never be wounded, that Jesus was crushed at the cross, so that you and I would know that we have the hope of eternity both now and forevermore. Do you understand how profound it is for Thomas to declare my Lord and my God? Do you know who that designation was reserved for in the first century? The designation my Lord and my God was only reserved for the emperor of Rome. And so it is here we see the counterintuitive, the countercultural message of Christianity that Thomas is declaring, no, not Caesar is Lord and God, but Jesus 
is Lord and God. How could there be a king like Jesus? How could there be another Messiah like Jesus? A Messiah and a king that was willing to lay down his life for me. Thomas knew that he doubted. Thomas knew that he was a skeptic. But it's in that moment that Thomas understood that Jesus still pursued him and still loved him just the same. If you're here today and you've always been running, you're here today and you've been a skeptic, you're here today and you have doubted, know that Jesus continues to pursue you with the scars and the wounds to prove his unconditional, sacrificial love for doubters and skeptics like you and like me. It's the evidence, it's the scars, but lastly, what transforms a skeptic into a believer Third and lastly, it's the unprecedented promise of the gospel. In verse 31, we read that these words were written so that you might believe, so that you might believe, and attached to that belief is a glorious promise. We are told that if you believe, you will have life in his name. Now, you might say this morning, Pastor, I have life. I got here to church, I'm breathing air, I have life, and the reality is you don't have life as it's meant to be lived. You see, deep down inside, you and I know that we are all searching for the deeper meaning of life, that we are all searching for life in its fullness, and we will search high and low to make life satisfying and to make life more meaningful. And it's actually earlier in the Gospel of John that Jesus declares the reason that he came is so that you and I might have life and have it in all of its fullness. I am here this morning to tell you that if you do not have Jesus, you do not have life. That life is only found in its fullness by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. It's by believing, John tells us, that you will have life. And it's because of this gift that God gives us freely, this gift of eternal life, that begins now and lasts forever, it turns the resurrection from a historical event 2,000 years ago to a reality of hope every day. It's the reality of a resurrection hope that allows you to go through this life no matter how much sorrow and suffering you have faced, knowing this, that it is only a short chapter that is now part of a glorious story and a glorious future that has no end. And so I ask you this morning, do you believe? Have you received this gift, this gift from Jesus purchased on the cross and that you receive the gift of eternal life, life to the full both now and forever, not according to your works or your goodness or your righteousness, but according to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Are you in despair? Maybe you're going through depression. Maybe you've been abandoned by a loved one. Maybe you've been abandoned by family or friends. 
Maybe you've gotten to the end of your life and you've looked back and say, is this all that life is all about? I'm here today to tell you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can transform your darkness into light, your death into life, and your despair into hope. Would you believe and receive this gift? Receive Jesus as your only hope in life and in death. At the end of every sermon, I lead us in a prayer. And for the first time this morning, some of you here and some of you watching at home, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to speak directly to God. We're not gonna ask you to come forward. We're not gonna even ask you to raise your hand. But right where you're seated, you can talk to God for the first time and you can believe and receive resurrection hope, not just an event that happened 2,000 years ago, but a hope of reality that will transform your life forever. Paul says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For some of you here today, you need the salvation of Christ You need to encounter Jesus with his scars and his wounds for you so that you can have life to the full, both now and forevermore. There's a man by the name of Tom living in central Florida, Christian, who had a deep hope in the resurrection. He was terminally ill. And on the last day of his life, he was surrounded in the hospital by family and friends. And as they were getting ready to leave the hospital, his family for the last time, They turned to the seven-year-old son, Tom's seven-year-old son, and said, it might be a good idea to say goodbye to dad. And so the seven-year-old boy goes over to his father, kisses him, and hugs him, and says to his father, dad, I'll see you in the morning. His family just stood by shaking their heads in pity, saying, he just doesn't get it, doesn't get the gravity of the situation. But in fact, I think that little boy understood what was going on more than anybody else in the room that day. You see, here is the truth. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you will experience a great resurrection morning that when you close your eyes this side of heaven, that will not be the final day. That will not be your final moment, but that you will wake up on the other side of glory with eyes wide open, more wide open than ever before, and you will stand before Jesus and declare, my Lord and my God. If I didn't believe in the resurrection, if I wasn't convinced of the resurrection, I wouldn't believe anything else in the entire Bible. But because I believe that it was true, that I believe what Christ said, because I believe and I'm convinced of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I know that this life is simply a prelude to a glorious future that will have no end. Because of the resurrection, I know where I'm going, but I want you to be there with me. I do not want you to miss the resurrection. I want you to open your eyes and declare because of Jesus Christ and his life and his death and resurrection, declare and make profession, my Lord, 
and my God. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, I thank you that you are the God that pursues doubters. I thank you that you are the God that welcomes home skeptics. I thank you that you are the God that didn't turn away from Thomas and neither do you turn away from us. But in fact, you turn away, turned away from your only son so that you would never forsake us. You crushed your son on the cross so that we would never be crushed. And you offer us today the gift of eternal life. And so if you are here this morning and you have lived your life full of doubt, full of skepticism, Today is the day of your salvation. No matter how much you have doubted, no matter how far you have run away from God, he is the God that pursues doubters and skeptics. Only thing you need to do is believe and confess. Confess your sins to Jesus, knowing that he offers alone full forgiveness and full pardon and receive him as your Lord, receive him as Savior, recognizing that there is no hope for you except for the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. So if you're here this morning or watching at home, would you believe these things were written so that you would believe and by believing you would have life? No one else Nothing else can offer this promise, an unprecedented promise of life with a glorious future that has no end. Resurrection hope can be your hope this morning, not just an event that we celebrate once a year, but a resurrection reality that you can experience every day. And you can remember Easter 2022 as the day where God raised you from the dead and brought you from death to life, brought you out of the darkness and into the light, and brought you out of a life of despair into a life of everlasting hope. Look to Jesus and be saved. And it's in Christ's name I pray, amen and amen.